Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. You need to identify why you exist and why it's important that you exist, and then figure out a way to convey that to your customers. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, welcome to the show, Jimmy McDonald. He is the co-founder of Authenticity 50, a brand focused on making great products in the USA. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Hey Chase, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Alrighty. So your your introduction, you kind of uh, skipped over the part about what the products actually are. So for the listeners, so they mm-hmm. get a little bit of a grasp on what we're kind of talking about here. Yep. What are the products? Yeah. So Authenticity 50, uh, my wife and I co-founded the business back in 2015 with the goal of making the best bedding and bath products in the world, but doing it 100% what we call seed to stitch made in the USA. So everything from the growing of the cotton to the spinning of the yarn, to the weaving of the fabric or knitting of the fabric to the final finishing and cut and sew, it's all done 100% domestically. Uh, and we sell you know really nice Really nice bed sheets, really nice bath towels, really nice pillows, blankets, comforters, um, and hopefully a few more a few more products launching uh, launching this year down the line too. Absolutely awesome! So thanks for kind of laying that out for us. Now take me back in time. Where did this idea come from to kind of launch a for lack of a or maybe a simple approach or like a bedding brand? You know where did sure. this where did this idea come from? What was going on? Sure. So. My, my history, my, my work history is actually in the hedge fund industry, both on the buy side and the sell side. Um, my wife and I got married in 2011. Uh, and as we were outfitting our apartment at the time, we were just trying, you know, 2010, 2011 was kind of the bottom of the financial crisis, right? Like, so, uh, the world was not in a happy place. And we were just trying to buy everything for our apartment made in USA as much as possible, whether that was our, our cutlery, uh, our furniture, our, our mattress, our, uh, clothing, you name it. You know, we were just trying to buy everything made in the USA and we were looking for bed sheets and there was nothing available, like literally nothing available at any price point. We were Googling all kinds of places, um, or sorry, Googling for it, trying to find, find made in USA bed sheets. Um, there was nothing available. We stayed at a bed and breakfast in Carmel because we were living in San Francisco at the time. And they had these amazing bed sheets. We just kind of looked at the tags and, you know, saw that they were made in the USA. So we asked the owner, Hey, where, you know, where'd you get these sheets? And she said, you know, I stockpiled them 15 years ago and we've just been working through our stockpile for the past 15 years. You can't buy them anymore. They've been out of production for 10 years. Um, and I was like, do you have any source for made in USA bed sheets? And she was like, no, there's nothing available. Um, so this was 2011. We kind of, we kind of sat on it for a while, just digested that. Um, and it was kind of the early stages of, of e-commerce, you know, Shopify was around, but it wasn't the powerhouse that it's become. 
Um, and then 2014, 2015, we really started to, to put time and effort into building the supply chain out, figuring out how we can make it. You know, we saw brands like American Giant come out, tell the story behind Made in USA, show that you can still make a great product here. Um, and we saw other direct-to-consumer brands, you know, the, the Casper mattresses. And we saw this evolution going where brands could have direct relationships with the customers, tell the story of the products, um, and generate sales that way. Um, so, you know, we spent two years, one or two years working on supply chain, launched a Kickstarter in 2015 uh, with a goal of raising $20,000, and we doubled that. And uh, from that point on, we were sort of off to the races. Oh, that, that's a fantastic story and a very authentic story. It came from kind of solving a problem that you as an individual encountered and realized that there was a gap in the market. I have heard that on here dozens of times. Yeah. Um, so uh, you answered a few of my immediate follow-up questions there. You know, you were iterating on this for about two years and you launched on the Kickstarter. All right. So Kickstarter goes great. How do you now pivot from a Kickstarter campaign to a direct consumer business? You know, there's a few steps in between. Yeah. So I have to preface this and say, we didn't know what we were doing at the time, right? Like we didn't come yeah. from retail. We didn't come from PR. Uh, so this was new to us. Um, so what we focused on at the time was, you know, how are we going to get traffic? What, what do we, how are we going to get high intent, interesting traffic? So um, Google was kind of a natural starting place for us, writing lots of content, uh, not really with the intent of promoting our product, but with trying to educate the customer because there's so much misinformation out there in the bedding and the bath space um, that if you just kind of set the record straight on, like, on that kind of thing, you'll get a lot of eyeballs. So we were working on dispelling the thread count myth, kind of dispelling the Egyptian cotton myth, um, telling people about what really mattered uh, in the bedsheet space, and then also advocating for the made in USA side of things, you know, telling the story. Um, and fortunately, uh, our customers liked our product and, and spread the word amongst their friends a lot as well. Um, that combined with, you know, a good, a good focus on PR, you know, we knew we had an interesting story that was unique. So we tried to get that out there as, as much as possible. We did a lot ourselves. Um, we hired a few small PR agencies as well that work with smaller companies like ourselves at the time. Um, and still in, in many ways, we like to work with a smaller, scrappier PR agency. Um, and we're able to get some, some great press hits. You know, we were on the, the front page of the LA Times. Um, we've been in Martha Stewart, uh, been in um, ABC World News, David Muir. A few of these things came later on. But, you know, we, we had a steady stream of, of bloggers uh, and press hits that, um, that, that helped us raise awareness as well. That's fantastic. Now, you guys have had a great trajectory, you know, building out this brand. Uh, is there anything that comes to mind when I bring up maybe mistakes along the way that you want to help our listeners kind of avoid? Yeah, I mean, man, we've we've made every mistake in the book. Um I think one of the the mistakes that we made was, you know, we didn't diversify our product portfolio early enough so that we were very reliant on just just a, a few SKUs. Um and then another thing, you know, another mistake that really stands out to me was not building our team early enough. Uh, at, you know, when you're, 
young and uh, don't have children, you can brute force your way through uh, a lot of, uh, of issues and, and get a lot done just by grinding, right? But mm-hmm. as you grow, as you have children, you can't do that anymore. Not if you want to have a presence in your kids' lives. Um, so it, we, we would have done a lot better if we grew our team earlier, uh, helped nurture our team as well, help them train so that they can get better at what they're doing. Not necessarily going out there and, you know, hiring a $150,000 graphic designer, but getting somebody in, working with them on customer service, working with them on Shopify and helping them to, to get up the learning curve because there's so much, there's so many ways where you can learn skills out there nowadays, um, without having a degree, you know, and, and like this, this podcast is a perfect example of like, you can learn a lot without, without, uh, without, going out there and spending money on, on a course or, uh, getting down the, uh, going, going to a university to learn stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I appreciate the kind words and I hope that all the listeners out there are getting value out of this. I try very hard to ask the right questions and probe where I know that we should kind of dig a little bit deeper. Yep. Um, going to switch gears though here a little bit. You guys did something pretty amazing. Can you tell me about the 100,000 mask project? Yeah, sure. So 2020, you know, as uh, so I lived in, in Hong Kong for a while. So I have a lot of friends in China. We could see early on that just from my, my friends there that the, the COVID outbreak was happening and, um, and it was going to be a real thing, you know, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't something that was going to be contained within China. Right. Um, and we started trying to figure out how we can have an impact. You know, we wanted to build authenticity 50 into a brand that brand that we'd be proud of, that our grandparents would be proud of, that our children would be proud of, that always focuses on doing the right thing. Um, and we were, we had fabric that we knew we could use for face masks. Um, and because of our, our connections within the domestic manufacturing scene, you know, we knew that we could find cut and sew shops to sew masks if we could raise the funds to, to pay them because they needed to keep their lights on and pay their workers. So we did a, a fundraising campaign, um, just via our, our audience uh, of customers to try and cut and sew as many masks as we could with the fabric that, that authenticity 50 donated. So I think we raised, we didn't quite hit our hundred thousand mask goal. We kind of hit like, so we launched it sort of right in the summertime as people were like, Oh, you know, 2020 summer, everything's going back to normal. Um, which was not the right time for if we would have launched it, maybe six weeks earlier, you know, we would have got a ton of press. It would have been huge. And we could have, we could have sewn a lot of masks, but we raised almost $30,000 just from our network. These people got nothing in return other than knowing that they were supporting a good cause. We used that to pay a cut and sew shop to cut and sew a bunch of masks, which we then donated to children's hospitals and, uh, and communities in need across the country. So I think we finished with over 20,000 masks. 21. I don't remember what the 21,000, maybe I don't remember exactly what the precise number was now, but yeah, it was, it was, we were proud of it. I'm still proud of it. And, um, it's great to see that, you know, we wouldn't be able to do that without our domestic connections, um, in supply chain. And it's cool to see what can be done. And I think people now realize how important it is to support domestic supply chains because of exactly that, that this reason. 
Well, yeah, I mean, even with kind of at the tail end of the pandemic, supply chain got way out of whack. And a lot of people that had reliance on international supply chains, they kind of got the shit into the stick. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, So did you guys see any issues with kind of uh, supply chain uh, having a whole domestic kind of uh, setup? Yeah, it it was challenging for us as well. I mean, make no mistake, the domestic supply chain challenges are are real. um, And we're still experiencing it to a certain extent. In fact, in some ways, it's even worse now than it was in 2020, 2021. um, Because now the effects are starting to really play out. But uh, we haven't been impacted by, for example, the container ship prices that Mm-hmm. All the other uh, importers have had to deal with, um, but still, still a challenging environment on the supply chain side. It depends on the products. It depends on what kind of yarn in particular, or what kind of cotton you're using for the product. So, some products are easier than others, but yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Guy can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O. Mesa is the easy to use answer for automating the everyday challenges of running a Shopify store. Find more aha moments when you're spending less time in the weeds and can focus on the bigger picture. With automations, you have all the power of code without the learning curve. You can easily customize how Shopify and your apps work with one-click integrations. From auto-tagging orders to sending order details to Google Sheets or Airtable, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. So find your peace of mind and kick up your feet with a simplified workload to manage the everyday stress of running your Shopify store. Search for Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Free plan available with no cost setup included. Q4 is the main event for e-commerce and DTC brands. All those months of preparation, managing inventory, and balancing your cash flow are about to pay off. But how can you use this holiday season as a springboard to make 2023 your best year yet? The answer is funding. Funding opens doors for your business. It enables you to place larger inventory orders, invest more in marketing, and ultimately grow your business. Plus, now is the best time of the year to secure funding as you can unlock the best rates. Revenue-based finance from Wayflyer is fairer, faster, and more flexible than traditional funding options out there. Get approved for funding in hours and cash in your account within days. There's no interest rates or personal guarantees, just one simple fee. Most importantly, you keep full ownership of the rocket ship of a business you've worked so hard to build. To learn more about funding, from Wayflyer and how you can unlock growth for your business and turn the main event of Q4 into a record year in 2023, visit wayflyer.com slash ecom slash honest. That's wayflyer.com slash ecom with two M's slash honest. Wayflyer, funding a better way. 
We've talked about this before on our podcast, but returns are an absolute hassle. They're often costly, time-consuming, and complicated, but there's a better way to handle returns. Our partner Loop helps Shopify brands deliver hassle-free return experiences. Their platform empowers shoppers to process their own returns, creating a better user experience for both you and your customers. Plus, they encourage exchanges over refunds. They make it a lot easier for shoppers to browse through your entire product catalog at the point of return. It's a true win-win. Loop is trusted by over 1,600 Shopify merchants from side hustles to enterprise-level brands like Patagonia, Brooklinen, and Chubby's. It's time to transform your returns into exchanges. Learn more at loopreturns.com slash honest. That's L-O-O-P-R-E-T-U-R-N-S dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. All right, let's shift gears back to kind of growing the business and scaling it and, and just marketing in general. I know mm-hmm. that the the audience loves tactical yeah. questions, right? So what's, what is kind of your guys' mix, uh, you know, and approach to marketing and advertising and, you know, acquiring new customers, A, mm-hmm. and B, retaining existing customers? Yeah, so... You always want to diversify your, your sources of customers, right? As much as possible. Um, so for us, we've invested heavily in content for, uh, for Google SEO, um, organic and paid. Uh, we've invested quite a bit into PR to try and spread the word about our product. And we consistently get, uh, PR hits, which is really important for us. We were just listed as the, um, our blanket was listed as the, Best blanket by the Good Housekeeping Institute just uh, last week. So invest in that kind of uh, PR, PR PR press because that also. I mean, so the goal is really to energize this flywheel, right? Where you know you are generating content, which generates traffic. Using that content to then post it on social, post it to your email list, give people actionable and helpful content that bring them back to your site. Use the PR to promote on social, promote in your blog posts, get people back to your site. Use all this with email, with email marketing, SMS marketing, all those own channels and generate this flywheel that's, that's spinning up constantly. Um, and I think, you know, Chase, you, you talk about this kind of stuff all the time. It's like you want to, it's very attractive to just rely on one source of 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 advertising and try and scale that as aggressively as possible, um, but the more the more effective way of building a business over time is is to have a diversified source of content and marketing that that's that flywheel that spins up um, where it's you're creating I hate the word synergies but synergies amongst your different channels so that everything performs better. Um, 
And it does take longer, right? There's, there's no mistake about it. It does take longer to do this, do things this way. But if you want to build a lasting business over time, I think that's the, the more effective way to do it. Absolutely. And I wrote down here to, to follow up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the SEO play goes, how long uh, have you been investing in content and into SEO, which is basically backlinks and content once the technical part's done? Yep. Uh, how long have you been investing in it? A, and then also, like, you know, how long did it take before you started seeing results? Yeah. So we've been investing in it since 2016 um, when we launched the brand. And for us, you know, we saw results fairly quickly. Um, I think part of it was because we knew which niches to focus on, you know, uh, thread count, what kind of cotton to use for bed sheets. Um, and there just wasn't a whole lot of content that was addressing that in a, in a smart and sophisticated manner. Um, and then we also spent time working on good content, you know, that, that makes a huge difference. Like if you put out something and it's, and it's terrible and and Google sends it out to some people and they bounce immediately from your site, it's never going to rank well. So focusing on good content, um, will help you rank, rank faster, of course. Um, but it is a slog, you know, I, I don't know exactly how long it took for us to, um, really start ranking for some of these blog posts, but I think we got some of them, you know, up in the top three within, a year or two. Um, and those, of course, blog posts link back to our products too. So that also raised the, the, the view of our products in Google's eyes as well. So there was the ancillary benefit, which was really the, the, the direct thing that we wanted was Google noticing our products. Uh, so that's what we, we used a lot of that content for that, promoted that content on social media, promoted that content on email. Um, and got traffic and eyeballs and, and spun things up that way. Absolutely. And then my other question uh, was, uh, you didn't really directly say at any point in kind of explaining your, your how you guys approach marketing, mm-hmm. uh, really anything about paid advertising. Is that in the mix? Or are you guys more heavily relying on kind of more organic sources? Yeah. So we definitely invested heavily in AdWords. Um, AdWords is just... You know, seems to be the most consistent performer for, for us. And I don't know, you probably know better than I, but I think a lot of brands like AdWords for its consistency. Um, we, we've, so Facebook has been one of those things that we've, we've spent quite a bit on the remarketing side, but it's always been challenging on the lead gen side for us. And I think part of that is uh, a personality thing. Like I'm highly analytical when I'm shopping and, and, and you have to get in the right mindset for Facebook ads, which is tougher for me. I think also we just didn't rely, we didn't invest enough in the right partners, I think as well to help us on the Facebook advertising side, you know, experts who knew what kind of content to create, what kind of ads to create, what's the best, the best practices there. And, um, and frankly, that's a failure on my part. That's a miss for me. You know, I should have invested more. Um, especially in the heyday of Facebook marketing on what the best way to do that is. But even now, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at it much more intensely going forward um, to see what we can do there. You know, what, what I'm sure that we can generate um, break even at least uh, traffic there uh, and hopefully profitable over time. But, you know, it's something that I, I missed the, I, I dropped the ball on a little bit, to be perfectly honest. 
I like how you, as like a brand founder, you know, your goal with prospecting through a new channel was break even. Can you like explain that to the listeners out there that are always, you know, seeing these crazy case studies of 5x and 10x. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that was also one of the reasons like we were always able to be profitable day one with AdWords. Facebook you have to you have to view in a slightly different manner. Um, and the goal is break even on the first customer, make money over time via lifetime value. Um, and that's that's one of those pillars that you need to focus on is how do you get those customers coming back to your site, purchasing a second, a third, or a fourth time? What's your repeat customer rate? Are you, you know, if you can, if you can acquire customers at break even, man, that's, you know, you're in a good spot. And then the goal is the, the important thing is getting them to come back that lifetime value. Right. Uh, I know, I know that you talk a lot about this and I've learned a lot from listening to you talk about it. And it's, framed how we're thinking and evolving going forward. I'm very much enjoying this podcast, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, I know that you're an avid cave diver uh, mm -hmm. and there's some training that you went through that you thought uh, really correlated well with growing an e-commerce business. Yeah. Uh, do you care to share? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, about 10 years ago, I, would, I did my first cave diving course with a guy named Jared Jablonski. So He's the world's most accomplished cave diver. Um, his world record setting dive was a 26,000 foot penetration into a cave at an average depth of around 300 feet. So that's seven hours of bottom time and about 14 hours of decompression. Uh, almost a 24 hour dive, right? These are huge dives that he's doing. Um, and he does them as part of a team and his, as we were going through our intro to cave diving class, he always kept hammering home to us. It's the fundamentals that keep you alive. It's not, it's not a shortcut. It's not a fancy piece of equipment. It's being rock solid in your fundamentals, planning your dive, diving as a team, having perfect buoyancy control and staying calm, uh, as you're dealing with issues. And, you know, for example, the way you die in a cave, right? It's not like the cave collapses and you have this catastrophic thing and you die. What happens is you're diving, your primary light fails. It floods or the battery dies, then you don't have great buoyancy control. So you kind of lose control of your, bio your buoyancy in the dark. You try to get your backup light. You can't get it out. You finally get it turned on. But by the time you've gotten turned on, you've silted out the cave. You know, you've, you've landed in this dusty bottom of the cave, silted out. You, it's completely black, even with your light on. You've drifted off the line. You've put yourself in now a life-threatening uh, space because you don't know where the line is. You can't see anything. And what should have been a very simple issue to resolve, you know, what, what should happen is Okay, your light turns off, pull out your backup light, turn it back on or turn it on, reference the line, start exiting the cave. But you've created this, this snowball effect where one small problem leads to the next problem, leads to the next problem. And there's no, nothing that happens in a cave that you can't make worse by doing the wrong thing. Um, and I think the same thing is true for e-commerce brands too. 
you know, you have to focus relentlessly on the fundamentals um, because that's what that's what's going to keep your brand going during tough times. It's gonna that's what's going to help you grow your brand over time. Um, I think you know Patagonia is is a perfect example of a company that has is a billion dollar company that's compounded slowly. You know, one point four x a year, which is not too slow, but you know, co- compounded over time by focusing on the fundamentals. And I think. You know, Chase, you and I will will agree on a lot on what the fundamentals are because I've heard you talk about them uh, in the past. But you know, spend time on your product uh, and iterating is necessary. You want to, you need to have a good product if you're going to grow over time profitably. You need to identify why you exist and why it's important that you exist, and then figure out a way to convey that to your customers. The conveying part is much easier said than done. By the way, that takes some that takes a lot of practice. Um, Find great people to work with and work as a team. Uh, you need to, you can't, you can brute force yourself your, your way through things for a while, but you really need to have great people on your team that, that are aligned with your mission. Um, and both internally and your manufacturers and supply chain too. We spend a, we spend a lot of time on the road visiting our manufacturers. We just got back from a week long trip to Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, just visiting manufacturers. Telling them our story, reminding them that we're real people, um, building those relationships. Um, and then, you know, another one is div- diversify your sources of traffic. Um, in cave diving, we say two is one and one is none because you need to have backups in place. If there's, if there's a critical piece of, qu- of equipment and you only have one of them, if that thing fails, you know, it's game over. Um, and then one thing you know you're a pro on is focus on customer lifetime value. Uh, what's the best way to get them back to your site? Keep them purchasing, adding value to their lives so that they continue to support you and tell their friends about you. Um, and I think those are, you know, a pretty good core set of fundamentals to always be focusing on. And those will help you through tough times. Um, and you should spend some time every year working on those working on those fundamentals absolutely now jimmy uh we talked a lot about these awesome products that you are creating if i'm a listener and i'm interested in them where should i go yeah so we only sell online at our website authenticity50.com um and you know we're not on we're not on any of the big channels yet any of the big platforms like amazon but uh yeah yeah just just go to our website and and everything's there Awesome. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, Chase, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.